Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. You can find us at LiveParanormal.com. You can also find us at iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, and the list goes on and on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles, and I'm a performing artist, and this is Haunted Playground. This show, every week, I gather the brightest and the most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in the paranormal community, and we talk about everything from the afterlife, is there a God, to I think there's a Loch Ness Monster in my above-ground swimming pool. All of it is covered here. Um, I think as human beings, we're endlessly fascinated with all things that go bump in the night and everything that scares us or chills us, and I am certainly no exception to that. Uh, my guest today is a wonderful, talented writer and director and a dear friend, and uh, she's known for many wonderful things that she has done, but probably in the horror genre, mostly for her amazing anthology, Crazy Bitches. Please welcome to the show the wonderful Jane Clark is here. How are you, my friend? It's wonderful to uh, hear your voice. I've only seen you once since covid but uh, I hope we're going to change that now that we're almost getting past COVID. Can you hear me? I couldn't. No. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. Hi. How are you? It's great to have you here, my friend. Thank you. It's great to be with you again. It's been a while. I know, right? COVID put a, put a crimp and lost of friendship. Lots of lots of good working relationships. We're all getting back together finally. Yay! That's all I can say. It's awesome. So, so, what was what was the COVID period like for you, from a creative standpoint? How did you how did you fill your COVID time? Oh man, you know, um, well, initially I think I was doing some construction on a house to be perfectly honest we were finishing up a renovation we were doing and so the first I'd say first three or four months I was laying floors and I was painting walls and um and then that you know finished and then it was like oh what am I going to do now <laughs> and then you know I kind of started trying to push some projects that I have I have this cool little horror film called Don't Come Over with my friend Guinevere Turner and we were starting to get some traction on that when it looked like the world was going to open back up and it shut down again. And uh, and then I just made my way into writing a new script. I mean, what else do you do with your time, right? When you're a creative person, you find a way to yeah. have a creative outlet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I threw myself into the spiritual side of my life, and 
my spiritual practice. And boy, I thought uh, I would hear from no one, but people really needed help and guidance. And it was a time for a lot of self-improvement and self-renovation. People remodeled their houses and themselves. And so I found that um, I had more more work than I could handle uh, as the entertainment part of my life sort of disappeared. And it's interesting somehow how a world event can actually change the course of your individual life, right? No, oh, that is so true. I think, you know, I, I'm just really grateful that in my case, it sounds like in your case, it, it changed positively and not, you know, for some yeah. people it was just the opposite, you know, so I feel really grateful that, that that's not the case, that I actually used it, uh, used the time and that I probably, in ways I probably wouldn't have before. And, um, you know, because you get caught up. I mean, I just, I don't know about you, but I get really caught up in the, okay, today is, I've got to get this done and this done and this done. And I've got long lists of things that I, you know, I cross it off the top and then something goes on the bottom and just never get through it. And with COVID, I just realized, well, where was I running to? Because there was nowhere to go. And, um, and I think that part, you know, from, you know, talking about this idea of spirituality is like that part really was, important because it was a very centering experience for me. I agree. And for me too, I don't think, I remember thinking the first year of COVID, I don't think I spent this much time in my house since I was maybe 14 (laughs) years old, because as soon as I got Uh to high school, I was off like a lot and it just never stopped. And, um, you know, I'm basically an introvert. So I'm always loving the moments I get to be alone in my house and I never had any. And uh, I, I have to tell you, I, I like the solace of the time. And like you, yeah. I thought, why, why do I have to be, why do I have to go to seven parties in one night? Why do I have to be 27 places at once? And I had a little, I did a charity production this weekend um, in a theater in, in West Hollywood. So I was up there for rehearsals and the shows. And then last night I went up to Hollywood for a memorial service. And so for five days in a row, I was driving back and forth because I'm mostly now living down in Huntington Beach where I grew up in my childhood home, which I'm remodeling. Oh, sure. And um, I remembered what it was like to sit in the traffic and rush to the thing and then rush to the other thing. And I thought, <laughs> wow, I my muscles are weak because I used to do this, you know, three-fourths things in a day and not even think twice about it. But you get out of practice with it. And I'm not sure I want to go back to that kind of chasing again. I kind of like the 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 downtime as well. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, though, you know, I'm in pre-production on a new film, and and this week was the first sort of everything got, or I guess last week everything got rolling, but it just seems like my, every day my calendar's getting more filled and more filled by things yeah. that actually ab- absolutely have to happen, and I'm finding myself having to go, okay, now you got to get up and you got to go do that thing, and then you, you go out there and you got to meet right. that investor, and you got to, you know, and, and all of a sudden my day is gone. And what I find too is, you know, my day is gone and I haven't, I haven't gone for my hike. I haven't done my yoga, but yeah. you know, having said that I'm shooting a film, so what am I going to do? I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> right. You know, you know I still yeah. throughout that whole time during COVID, I was full. I mean, I'm, I'm with clients, I'm doing videos, I'm teaching workshops, I'm yeah. doing radio shows, but it's different when you're home than having to be out yes. places, right? It's a different energy yes. to do all that stuff at home than it is that it's easier to do 10 hours of work at home than it is to go out for an hour and meet somebody and come back. 
It is so true. It is so true. And I think, you know, also I think about all those people that have those jobs where they, it seems to me I know a couple of people that just never get off Zoom calls. Like, I'm like, how do you get yeah. anything done? Because you're always on a Zoom call. Like, where's this yeah. quiet time? Where's the space between? Like, where's, I mean, I don't, you know, it just seems, but but COVID has also made that easier because I also know that those same people walk their dogs and where they wouldn't have taken those long walks before and they break for lunch and meet their husband in the kitchen and whatever, you know what I mean? So, yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're all, don't you think we're all just learning and growing uh, as we need to, to adapt to this new world? And maybe it's better. I mean, certainly the animals are happier. The birds are happier. Yes, exactly. My my cat is on my lap right now. He's like, oh, another day where you're home? Let me get settled on your lap. <laughs> yeah. Aww. And I love being able to be here and be with him. Um, it's nice to be able to be with your animal companions because, they're like our therapy, right? They they provide solace. There's what they're what slows our heartbeat down. Mhm. It's true. It's true. It's important. And I think just in your home. I mean, I remember thinking I spent all this time, you know, when I was a kid, when other people went to, uh, you know, Cabo and took a backpack trip across Europe for a summer, and I worked and saved money so I could go right from my parents' house into buying a home. I remember thinking like 20 years later, I'm never in this home. Like it was, it was so important to get this. And it was so important yeah. through all the weird receptions to hang on to it. But I'm never here. So now, yeah. um, and now I have two. So I'm back and forth between <laughs> the two, but at least I'm, I'm in them. And, you know, it's just telling somebody the other day that I used to tease my friend Paul all the time because he lived in Hollywood. And he used to always say, when I turn 55, I'm moving to Seal Beach. I'm moving into Leisure World. And I would think, oh, my God, I'm never going to have that life. I fought to get out of Orange County and move to the city. I'm never going to be that person. And now this year I turned 55, and here I am in Huntington Beach in my beautiful childhood home. And there's, like, nobody on. You never hear a car go down the street. I'm like, oh, my God, I've become that old 55-year-old person that now lives in a <laughs> suburb. But it's that's very funny because I don't see it, right? you there, but yeah. But but you yeah. but you will when you come down and visit me, you'll get it because there. Yeah, no, you know, I my totally. life is running all the time as yours is. But now on top of that, with my spiritual practice, my life is healing people all day long, and so that's great because when you heal people, you get healed, right? Like when you make a film that entertains people, it also heals you at the same time. But at the same time, yeah. you need some kind of downtime and being in a place where there really aren't lines and I don't have to wait anywhere for anything and yeah. I can sit outside yeah. and repot my cactus, you know. But you but you kind yeah. of feel that way, too, because you kind of live – you don't live right in the heart of everything. You live sort of in a residential place, too. Well, sort of, yeah, we're in Laurel Canyon, and, you know, it is very quiet. I mean, the other day I was just sitting outside thinking – you know how you hear silence, you know, like yeah. sometimes you become yeah. aware of the silence. And I, and I mm-hmm. thought that because sometimes we, you know, because a lot of people have been doing home improvements, you know, you've, there's been a lot of drills and stuff going over the last couple of years and you could just hear people out there standing something. And, and just lately there has been no construction close to me. And so all I hear are birds and the squirrels yeah. chattering and chasing each other. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so, 
I, I, for the same reason, and it's not as, you know, you, you do have lines because I have to go down the hill into, you know, the world. So I don't have quite, quite as a peaceful uh, experience that way, but, but from just the perspective of staying home, going out on the patio, letting, you know, just being in the middle of life and nature and, it's very um, rejuvenating, and I'm, you know, grateful for that, too. That's another thing that I try to always remind myself, you know, how lucky I am that I have that experience, um, you know, when I get to have that every day. Right. Yeah. I think you need it when you create because creativity, it it um, it exhilarates you, but it also drains you at the same time because you're really mm-hmm. using your life right? You're channeling from spirit and you're using your life force. So it makes you tired. Um, so funny because the, yeah. the show that I did, this, this charity show, um, not everybody in the cast was an actor. It was to support um, trans awareness. And so a couple people from the cast texted me and they're like, are you tired? Because they're going through that theatrical experience, right? We are so elated and then you're exhausted. I think I do it mm-hmm. so much that I'm used to it. But there, but it does. It, it you have to recharge your battery at some point when you get done on a set, right? You're exhausted, and you need yeah. some downtime before you go post production to just sort of recharge your battery. And I think one of the the good things about cause I was talking about the good stuff about this time of COVID was it did give the whole world that kind of recharge. Everybody yes, got to have that, that time true. at home, more time with their family, more time with their spouse, more time with their animal companions. You know, more time yeah. doing the things around the house they always said they do, catching up on the TV shows they wanted to watch. I mean, we need that because there's so much outputting. We do so much outputting that we sometimes need to just let stuff come to us, right? Yeah. Input. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I've been experiencing also just, you know, um, you need to let stuff come to you just so you can move forward in, a, in an organic and um, you know, peaceful and healthy way too, you know, just in terms of momentum, you know, I, I like learned so much about this witch community that I've been researching for my movie. And, um, you know, this, you know, it's just sort of the idea of being in the flow of life and, um, you know, just, uh, manifesting, but doing, doing the work, I mean, important that you're self-driven for the things you want in life, but also, you know, not, not forcing it, not putting your head against the wall to try to make it happen, but just to allow, and, you know, it's going to ebb and flow and things are going to be good and things are going to be bad. But if you can just allow and move through whatever experiences are coming to you, um, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's, I think it's a very fruitful way of living life. And I think that some people, not everybody, but some people maybe have fallen to that by accident because they, you know, because COVID sort of forced us to just sit back a little bit, let things unfold in front of us, you know, take our steps slower. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you a hundred percent. And I think it's, um, I think it's been a healing experience for us all around. And I think also for artists, it's because most of us have been running since we were teenagers running from job to job and thing to thing. And, it's nice to have that time to really figure out who you are because that really close connection, right? Connecting to your inner core and really learning who you are um, inevitably makes you a better creative entity. And um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you can do a lot of greatly creative things and not be a centered person, but after a while it catches up to you. And so I think yeah. that especially as, as people took this time to create, to write and do things, um, I think some really good stuff has come out of this time creatively because it's coming from people who have done a lot of the work that you kind of had to do it, right? We were When you're stuck in your head and there's no red carpet to run to, you're kind of forced to <laughs> to actually live inside yourself and make that connection. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been an interesting time. Or just, or just take a lot of Xanax, which I'm sure some people also did that. But, but Yeah, or a little of both, you know. I mean, certainly the wine business was booming. Yes, yes exactly. You know, if, there, if there was any business yes. that succeeded, it was the wine business. Exactly. Yes, that's true. Yes, and Xanax. Um, so and Xanax. tell me about yeah. the new. Witchy ways, witchy ways. Um, it's a supernatural, witchy, sexy, ghostly, lesbian romance rom com. So it's very mixed okay. genre, if you can't tell. And, Lots um, of genres. Lots of genres, but I sort of just was like, why not? What are the rules that say I can't? And um, and it was sort of interesting because I I met up with my friend Maram Hassler last December when, you know, things were getting a little bit better. We went to a bar and had happy hour, which is, a, you know, a thing we do. And, um, right. and while we're talking, she said, you know, Jane, uh, I bought a camera. And I, you know, she was, she had just directed her first feature and she, she went out and bought this camera with a DP who she loves. And she was like, and I have a producer and I have a production company now and we're looking to do things. And I've always wanted to work with you. What, let's work. Let's do something. Let's shoot something. And I, you know, at the time I said, well, that sounds cool. Yeah. Let me think about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do it. And, but then I realized, you know, I thought, then I realized I had to write something and all of a sudden I just was like, I think I want a witch. Yeah, I'm going to write something about a witch. Oh, you know, maybe I'll write something about a ghost, too. And I don't know why a witch and a ghost were in my head, but they were. And then, I mean, you know me. I I was like, okay, how am I? I'm going to build a horror movie around this. And, you know, creepy things are going to happen and people are going to die. And then I started writing that. And I kept moving more towards the positive witchy aspects like I found myself drawn and researching oh spirit animals and you know how different things affect you and um and and I just found myself really lost in this first you know I wrote a first act and just was like this is so artificial this isn't right there's nothing here that's me there's nothing here I find interesting and I'm trying to just force a really superficial idea. And so I threw it all out. Um, I said, okay, if I want to start with the idea of a witch and I want to start with the idea of a ghost, I'm just going to watch a bunch of ghost movies, which I did, and found some inspiration. And then I was like, okay, okay. I'm going to watch a bunch of witch movies. And I picked up, um, I started with The Craft, you know. Sure. Because why not? And then um, I Googled movies like The Craft. And, you know, the classics, like the, oh, um, Witches of Eastwick and uh, Hocus Pocus and 
you know, all those sure. all those nineteen nineties classic witch right. movies popped Practical up and I started magic. making my way through them. Well, then I landed on Practical Magic and I forgot about that movie and I forgot how much I loved it. Finished watching and I was like, Okay, now I know what I wanna do. Because there was an energy and a positivity about that movie, and I loved the sisters' relationship, and I, I loved the relationship with the, you know, the aunts, and just the way they dealt with magic as an everyday thing, because they were just everyday people that understood how to, you know, move through life in a little bit of a different way, and. I was real attracted to that, and I like the I like the lightness of it. It just it was the opposite of what I was trying to write, but I really liked it. So I just sat down and started writing again, and did a ton of research. I mean, I really researched the witch community. I built all the characters. I gave them all um, astrological signs, and then geared their 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 personality to those signs. Um, and I like I just I just started learning so so much, and I also just got inspired more and more as I went along, and then this this story just came together. It just came together, and and I was supposed to go in August, and then I didn't have the money, and instead of where in the past I would have pushed and been like I'm just going to make this happen, I went no, that's okay. Find a good location, and when you find the location, it'll be the right time to move. And so we started looking for a location, and it didn't come, and it didn't come. And I just stayed real peaceful with it. And as I did, I continued to develop the script. And I realized now that if I had been able to shoot the script where it was at in August, it would have been I, it would have been a disappointment to me. It would not have been as full as I liked to make my movies. Right. Nor would it have been as full as the, the characters in the story deserved. And now it's just so rich. It's so rich and layered and beautiful, super sexy, very romantic, but also funny. Candace Kane plays the best friend. You know how every mom kind of has a best friend. So she's my best friend, sure. and I wrote, I wrote it for her. And, you know, I, it, she's just going to kick it out of the park. Um, yeah, and I, I'm just in love with it. It's this woman who's and, – and the themes around it, I think, are themes that – I think a lot of people can relate to maybe particularly through what we were talking about with COVID because the theme is about letting, letting go, you know, letting go to be happy in life, to move forward in life because we hold on to so many things that are limiting, that, that are just, they're safe or we, you know, we've been doing it for so long. It's real scary to move on from them. So we don't, Oh, you know what I mean? And if you can, and if you can learn to let go, you can, there's a whole new world out there on the other side of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's the, the devil you know versus the devil you don't, right? You're so scared that when I deal with this with my clients all the time, this fear that any change is going to be worse than what you have, that you hang on yeah. to something you don't like because you're so scared yeah. that the next thing is worse. And you have to really kind yeah. of just jump over, right? Take that plunge and and trust that spirit's going to lead you in the right direction and that the next thing that you do is going to be more amazing and really make you happy. Um, otherwise, you're going right. to stay in the bad job and the bad marriage and the bad friendship and the bad everything forever and never leave because you're terrified what's on the other side. And I, it's normal to be scared, but, 
But you know what? We all just survived a global pandemic, so we don't have to be scared. We can now take a chance on something. I think that's true. And, you know, it's funny because my acting teacher always used to say, um, because somebody would get up on stage to do their thing and, and they'd be like, ah, I'm so scared. And she's like, you're not scared. You're excited. Just change the way you, just change the word. So because fear and excitement are very closely aligned in your body and, and if you can change the way you're, just the outlook, the way you're thinking about whatever experience is in front of you, just by changing the word and embracing the positive, you, it doesn't, it, it, you, you lose that fear and you actually can start adopting excitement about whatever that new thing is because it should be exciting. New should be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And you know, and, and walking your spiritual path, right. I mean, walking your life path and walking your spiritual path, but we're talking about spiritual stuff. Uh It's just about that, about walking. And as you walk it, your life changes because you're not the same. Like, you're not the same person you were, Jane, when you started researching witches. You're a different person now. No, not at all. I am. As you learn more, the script evolved. And that's how it's supposed to be. Our, Our lives are supposed to continually evolve, right? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that, I think, is one of the most beautiful things about life. It's interesting because it's the thing that well, so many of us fear the most, yet it turns out to ultimately be one of the most beautiful things for us. Um, yeah. But that's kind of life, yeah. right? Things we fear the most. Yeah. I mean, state, right, is a typical example. Actors and musicians and dancers are like desperate comics, desperate to get on stage, but terrified to be on stage at the same time. So they're... They're miserable if they're not on stage, and they're terrified to be on stage. And somewhere along there, you have to figure it out and reconcile within you um, a, a way to be happy and do what you love. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I always found, for me, when I was acting, I, you know, it's the, the moment that just before you set your foot on stage or the cameras roll, that's where you can get scared because it's about self-doubt, right? It's about, will I be able to do, am I going to remember the lines? Am I going to be able to remember my blocking? Am I going to be in character? Is the audience going to respond? Like subconsciously, you might not literally be saying that to yourself, but subconsciously it's raw running through your body. But the minute you step out on the stage or the minute the camera, they call action, it just all falls away. And that's why I think I know from at least from an actor's perspective, that's why, actors stay in it. The ones that truly love acting and are in it for the money, they stay because of that moment where it all falls away and you're just this vessel and you're moving through it and it's unconscious almost. It's an incredible feeling. It's the high versus, you know, yeah. the, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's magic. I don't know if you know, but I, I was doing a musical in 2018 and I, I fell off the stage. They they changed the reflective tape on opening night, and the stage had a little oh, cut no. out of it, and and I bashed my knees. Oh, I walked God. with the cane through all of it. And so I oh, can walk God. now, and I'm trying to figure out, am I going to do surgery? What am I going to do? So anyway, I didn't think about it when I took this thing on, this play this weekend. I didn't think about the fact that I was going to have to stand up all through this piece that I wrote, and I was worried oh. I wasn't going to be able to do it. But you know what? That yeah. adrenaline rush that comes on stage, right? 
it's like your body, like everything just disappears. Yep. And then, you know, you wake up in the morning and go, oh, my God, my knees. But all that time, I didn't even notice it because that's the magic of – and for me, from a spiritual perspective, to me, that's when spirit comes in and kind of takes over, right? Because creativity is a co-creation between you and, and spirit. And when you do a play or you do, you're in a band or whatever it is, the the higher power kind of comes in, right? Universe comes in and kind of makes everything okay while you're on stage. Yeah, for sure. It's incredible. It's amazing. And it's probably the same way also on a set, right? There's probably a, a beautiful adrenal spiritual euphoria that happens all the while you're directing a film as well. Oh yeah, there definitely is. You know, you kick into a zone and it's the, and the, you know, I mean, you, you are running at such a high speed because there's so much coming at you all the time because every department has questions. Every department needs, you know, answers, guidance, reassurance, all of it. And so you are constantly in motion and constantly using your mind and you, you just have to go, you go into the zone and it, you can feel the power. You can feel the power. You know, you know that when this thing comes at you, you're going to have the answer. You're going to be able to move, move the needle. And then just, you know, personally, because I don't act anymore. I, when, when we then finally get in front of the camera the actors are finally in front of the camera and we're not just creating the, the world around them. Um, I get, I mean, it just, I'm, I just, I get almost a similar high that I did when I was doing stage work or I was acting myself in film. It, because I'm a part of what they're doing. And when they, when they perform and there's this beautiful performance that comes out of them and I feel it in my heart, I'm like, there's nothing. I mean, it's just, it's also part of the addiction from my side of it. And it is very similar to, you know, being actually being the actor myself, not exactly the same because there's a separation that requires me to actually be outside of what they're doing to make sure that I'm guiding them and we're still on track. But, but it, I still get that same similar, similar feeling. And the other time I do is when we screen the movie and you're with an audience and you can feel oh, yeah. like, you know, you know, you know, when you're on stage and you can feel the audience, you know, oh, either you're yeah. losing them and you've got to shift or they're so with you that you're kind of riding the surf with them, still get that satisfaction when I sit in the movie theater for the first couple of times I see it screen with an audience. I, I feel almost close to what that feeling is on a stage. I can't change it anymore. It's already there. So it's not like as an actor you can shift your, your energy and change how the audience is responding. You're kind of stuck with what you've set up. But I've always had very good luck in creating things that the audience is really moved by, whether it's laughter or tears or whatever. And, um, and so I still get a little bit of that high. Not the same as what you're doing where you go where you're actually out there, but it's, it's close. It's close enough, and it feels great. Well, it's amazing to see all that energy reacting to something. And, and, and I think we'll think even a different kind of excitement when you're in the audience watching something that you're in, right, because you get to really be a part of the audience and enjoy it as they are enjoying it, whereas when you're on stage, you still have to keep your head in the character. So you're not fully allowed well, I- to enjoy what's going on. 
I have to be, I have to tell you, so, and I know, like, Guinevere is also like this, and I'm sure other actors are as well. I know one actor that won't watch himself at all, ever. He will be there for the top of the movie, he'll leave, and if there's a Q&A, he'll come back in. I hated looking at, okay. I hated watching myself. And I had to watch myself, okay. I had to watch myself ahead of time, like, see it, and go, okay, got that out of the way, before I showed up at a, at a screening. Whereas other actors do, you're right, absolutely love it, and it's like an adrenaline rush. I, I had a, I had a hard time with it, but a lot of that is self judgment. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. and maybe I'd be a different person now if I was still acting, and maybe it wouldn't be the same anymore. Where you're worried that you're gonna suck or you're gonna look like shit or like, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of a I don't know. I mean, I think there are some actors that love watching themselves. I, I don't of particularly course. like to watch myself. I don't care if I ever see myself in anything ever. But I do like <laughs> to watch the project I'm involved in and watch people react to the energy of the entire project. Uh, and so I'll yeah, put yeah, up sure. with myself when I see myself. I'll put up with me <laughs> because I love the idea of watching people react to the energy of something that me and other people that I love or I've worked with have all put their energy into. I'm fascinated by the way that we as human beings react to each other's energy. Absolutely. And also, isn't it curious how we react to film? Because it is such a, it's a fantasy in a way. It's not real, but we get so caught up and it feels real. And and that part I like too. I think I really like sitting in an audience because I can hear like if somebody's sniffling because some sad thing happened, or, you know, or it's particularly really fun when they're laughing. But I had this great experience, you know, with my movie Meth Head, which, you know, it's a pretty dark film. Um, I, and I did put some comedy into it, but I just put hum, human foible that's interesting and you might smile and laugh a little bit at it. But it still was meant to be there to make people laugh. So I don't think it was horribly, horribly dark, but, you know, people would go into Method and they, just based on the title, they'd be ready to, like, you know, sit down and take it sort of thing, and, and I, so I go into the screening, it was for an, an addiction festival, like, for movies that are about addiction and blah, 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 and um, there was this woman sitting in front of me, this black woman, and, and all through the movie, she was treating it like it was a horror movie, you know, she was like, don't, don't go in there. Oh, do not do all. You went in. And she talked all the way through the movie and, and it, as if it were, but she was so engaged. Like, like she was so engaged with what was happening to these characters. But as if, the, like, you know, Freddie's going to pop out any minute. And I just loved it. And then the movie ends and the man calls me up to do the Q&A and I stand up and the woman turns around. She's like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. And I was like, why? That was beautiful. That was one of the best experiences I've ever had watching this movie. Because methamphetamine is a horror. It is horrific. And I always thought it was akin to a horror movie in so many ways. Uh, Maybe that's what led me down that road in the first place, you know. But it was really funny. Her her way of engaging was so genuine, um, but so verbal. It was really, it was so much fun. You know what's interesting, and I never thought about this before, and I think Methead is a brilliant film. Thank For you. somebody who's a, such a fan of the horror genre, if you had taken Methead, right, and the whole same yeah. film, right, same casting yeah. characters, 
but you had taken the meth out of it and made it demonic possession. Mm-hmm. You could have done practically the whole film in exactly the same way. I could have. Because I could have. I actually could have. That's what she was keying into. You know, because when you think about it, the way like everything's normal and I'm a normal person, I'm in a normal relationship, and then the devil gets in me, and then slowly but surely I start to change. And there is something from a spiritual perspective that is very dark about mess. I mean, there is a very negative energy, really evil kind of about the way it takes somebody over. I never thought about that till, till you talked about that lady, but you know, you really, you could have interchanged that very easily. And um, one's addiction to math is very much like a position. You know what what I mean? It just could have been like devil head. It's great. It's actually a good idea. And, you know, I – I'm sorry? No, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I said that meth head had that kind of um, very – very internally infused sort of, there was a horror to it, almost like a Rosemary's Baby or an Exorcist Mm -hmm. where it like Mm -hmm. slow builds, right? It wasn't something that was like in your face. It was really showing this very slow destruction of a soul. So it kind of was horror in a way. It was. And, you know, we did get, uh, there was, there's somebody who was, who had asked if they could, review crazy bitches at when it came out and when they went to research me they came back and went oh my god are you the woman who made meth head and i said yeah and they're like can we review it and i was like yeah sure i mean it was a couple years after it came out um but i was like yeah sure go for it and they were a horror reviewer that's all they review is horror movies and they reviewed meth head and when i read their their review i thought that's another moment where i thought i could market this as a horror movie because his review was you know, yeah. I mean, it yeah. just felt like a, a horror movie, the, the way he described what he was watching and how it went down. And it's, it was, it's very interesting, our perspective on the world. And, you know, one little turn could change something. But it's a cool idea. It's a really cool idea. Not that I'm not going to go do it, but it's a cool idea. You're going to gather that cast and go to town with, this time it's demonic possession. <laughs> well, but I think that's part of what horror is about, right? I mean, if you ever read a Stephen King book, it's 10% horror and 90% psychology. I mean, why yes. we relate so much to horror movies yes. is we see the sociological and psychological destruction happening. The monster may be doing it, but it's really about us. You know, a friend of mine... It, um, yes plays in a band I've booked for, you know, 30 years, and he got a role as a regular on the series Supernatural. So one time I went to a convention, a Supernatural-only convention in Burbank, to see his band play. And I thought it was all going to be people that were into, like, monsters and the Supernatural, but it was really mostly people that were into this idea of the family, of the brothers and the adopted uncle and how they band together to fight the monsters. And it was people really looking for family, not for monsters. And I thought that was so fascinating. It is. I mean, the psychology behind horror movies, they've, done, they've written a lot about it. And I still don't think they've totally figured out what, what it is that attracts people and why they, why they enjoy it. But it's interesting you say that because 
in a very similar vein, I gave the witchy ways script to this uh, 24-year-old witch because I wanted her perspective on it. Um, And I thought she was going to come back to me because she texted me halfway through and just said, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm only halfway through, but oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I could tell she was really excited, and I expected her to have things to say about the spells and the rituals and the, you know, all of that stuff and and the setup and the world. And she really keyed in on the grief that one of the characters is going through, the 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 moving on that another character has to do from somebody they love. Like these very, very human things are what she really keyed on to and wanted to talk about. Even though she's a witch and she loved the representation of the witch and she, you know, you would, I would have thought that's where she would have gone. She, she went to what we all, what, what I think most people will be able to um, empathize with or see themselves in. Uh, one character, or the other, or both, and I just thought that was really interesting. And it goes to what you were you were just saying. You know, people don't want the monster; they're not really interested in the monster. They're interested in the human beings that are confronting things through the process of this monster coming in their lives. Absolutely, and also with witchcraft. I mean, there are people who will tell you you're doing it wrong, but take it from somebody who practices a little bit herself. Um, it really is what you make it. I mean, yes, there are basics, and yes, different people do things in different ways, and different people focus on different kinds of magic, but the truth is, um, white witchcraft, which is all I know about, I mean, I know about the other, but I don't touch it. White witchcraft is just about making the world a better place. It's like, it's how can you use the earth to raise up everything. However you want to do that is really... You know, I mean, if you want to sit in front of a computer and, you know, do a virtual Sims cauldron, it's going to work the same as if you do an actual cauldron with stuff in it because it's the intention that you put behind it. So there really is any witch who's, like, really secure in her in her craft, like obviously this lady was, will tell you that it, everybody does their own thing. There is no right and no wrong. Um, right. The only thing I think you could do in, in a movie script that would really screw it up is you could confuse white witchcraft and dark witchcraft. Then you might have right. which I think going, they do hmm. a lot. I think they do that a lot, actually. You know, they have a it, they maybe? have a positive. I mean, I think that in in yeah. movies, they're either a witch is either portrayed as dark always, or they start out light but they move into darkness. That right. hasn't been my right. experience at all. Yeah. No. No people I mean, pretty much decide they are already before they start practicing. Um, I mean, I'm so sure true. there are stories who started out light and got dark, just like there's stories of people who started out terrific and then got sucked into darkness, like like method. I mean, it can happen. Right. But for right. the most part, there's a very defined line between white witches and dark hand magic practitioners, and they we they really don't cross, nor do they often associate with each other. It's it's a very it's a whole different world. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I'm finding of, it fascinating. You know, a lot of people don't say, "I started out an empath and then I became a narcissist." Like that usually doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Empaths are their thing, and narcissists are their thing, and we normally don't cross that line. But right. um, I mean, anything. Um, yeah. So, so when you were, so how much did you know about magic? 
um, and witchcraft before you started this? And then also, what parts of it that you researched did you find that you liked enough even to maybe implement some of the ideologies into your own life? Yeah, good question. I Well, to start with, I only knew what I had seen in other things that I watched. So, you know, not much. You know, and, and in most of the movies, you know, you've got – Oh, the witch lights the candle with her fingertip, and uh, you know these these types of things. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, discovery of witches. You know, the ball of fire coming. What? I said, yeah, because we do that every day. I just did that now while we were talking. Yeah, this time. Right, exactly. Did, <laughs> right. did you did you light your cigarette with your finger right now? Um, right now. Yeah, and yeah. I so I was like, well, I started sort of walking down that vein because that's just what I've seen on TV and in movies and television, you know, some great television shows um, like Sabrina. And I, I love the new Sabrina and the, a discovery, which is I absolutely, I ate, I devoured it. Um, but then I was like, well, yeah. you know, I, I should really research spells. And so I went on, I was like, maybe, maybe there's some spells online that I can sort of borrow from. And I went online and then went, Holy Jesus, there's just, I mean, what am I, what, what am I looking at here? And then I was like, okay, let me take it one step further. Let me take it one step further. And then I just really started realizing how deep and true this community is. And, and you know, the things that I really admired is exactly what you're talking about, that it's about bringing the world up, respect your environment, protect the animals, you know, manifest from the power of yourself because you have the power within you and we all do all these ideas just really resonated with me. And, it's, you know, it's interesting because I, I was reading about moon rituals, and, I, and happy, new, happy full moon to you. Um, but I was reading, new, reading about new, uh, new and, and full moon rituals and the whole process, and um, I thought, oh, you know, I, I think that's really cool. And then I started developing this idea that the whole movie would go around the moon. So, as the you sort of chart how many days have passed just by where we see the moon at any given time in the script, and then when there are rituals or there are, you know, um, events happening, they're they're kind of grounded around what moon is out at any particular time. So really had to kind of deep dive to get that right. And um, I said to my neighbor, I said, you know, I'm thinking I want to do a new or new moon ritual because I've never done a moon ritual, and I, I you know. Um, and the new moon's coming up, and so maybe I'm just going to figure something out. She says, oh, you don't have to figure something out. Why don't you just come down to my house? And I was like, oh, okay. And I went down, you know, we did it in the morning, which was really nice because she had to work. And she yeah. had laid out all her crystals and laid out. She had the smudge stick gone and the incense gone. And and um, she had a tarot deck out. I'm like, do you read tarot? She's like, oh, yeah, I do a, like a Sunday tarot you know, group. And yeah. And, and and we had never talked about this. I've known her and been friends with her for several years now. And I, it had never come up in conversation. But I was really happy to do it and had a very, very powerful experience with it. And so um, I we did another – we did a full moon together. Then we did this other new moon ritual. And I came home after that one, and there was an investor that had just, been, had just emailed me and gone, you know, I'd like to invest in your movie. Uh, I was like, okay. Now I don't know whether that came from my rituals or how, or just my hard work. For me, it's both. I don't know, but there was just something kind of right about all of it. And 
And Kate and I have enjoyed doing them together, so we are actually developing a moon show to start up in February after I get through the, the you know, the crunch time on this film. That's um, going to be part interview, like my hot tub talks, because I miss doing them, and um, and part kind of education and part ritual, so that, and I represent the person that doesn't really know much but wants to know more. And she represents right. the person that's further along, but is also still learning. And we're we're inviting everybody and anybody that you know is at any stage, whether they're curious and just want to try it, or they or they know way way more than us. And please please tell us when we go off track because we want to learn. You know, so we're we're developing the show, and um, and we've done a bunch of tests. You know, we've tested it out. We've had, you know. Um, practice guests come join us and things like that. And we've really developed a cool little, what I think is going to be a cool little show. And so when, when this is all over, when Witchy Ways is in the, you know, in the can and I'm just in edit mode and I have the freedom to finish developing it, we're going to go back to it and then, and then see what happens, you know, and we're not expecting, we don't really need anything out of it except that we wanted to, both wanted to share what we were learning and how, we felt changed by it, you know? That's wonderful. Yeah, and it's true, right? I mean, you, you when you start to get involved in the world of the spiritual, you learn how many people around you are also involved in the world of the spiritual, which I think that is, is kind of wonderful. That is beyond true. Unbelievable. And, and I, you know, I know we're going to have to – What? I said not everybody talks about it. I didn't talk about my gifts for most of my life because I figured – I would just use them through my artistic gifts and my creative stuff, and that would just be a thing. And then I, I like to say now I, I wear my underwear on the outside. Like now I just tell the truth you about do. it. You do. But it, it's, always, yeah. it's always who I was on the inside. And it just the time came for me to start talking about it. And now with you, with this movie, right, the time has come for you to start talking about it. And that's, yes. that's kind of beautiful. It's beyond beautiful. I mean, I'm really loving it. And you know what's really, really cool? Um, it's almost like I am calling in the witches because two of my actresses are witches. Two of my my act, one of my actresses and another actress and a um, my producer are like witch adjacent. Um, the people that are renting us the house that we're shooting in, the two women, the mother and daughter, they're witches. Um, uh, some other people, some other people on the production are witches. And then we're we're getting to meet other people as we go along. And then I've I've done some outreach to try to meet witches and found out that somebody I've known for years is a witch. And she gave me great guidance. But I was like, but I thought, why? The only reason, I mean, I and I've met a lot of people along the way. As soon as I say what the movie is about, they'll be like, oh, yeah, my, my neighbor's a witch. My roommate's a witch. I'm a witch. You know, I'm part right. of a witch group. You know, like, I am astounded. But nobody has ever said it before, and sometimes it's people I've known for quite a while. But you know, I don't think every—I don't think people yet feel comfortable or have, feel like safe in talking about it unless they believe they're with, you know, they're in a safe space. They're in a safe space with people who understand and, and believe with them, or you know, and you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting because it's definitely like you said, like people just aren't quite—they're not talking about their truth publicly and I guess why nobody has to except that it's a little bit like being in the closet in a way say it's like being gay in the 80s 
You had to say yeah. you were, and the other people were like, no, you didn't just know. But, you know, I always say out of all the closets that I came out of, and there were a lot, that was the hardest one. Mm, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. like, you're evil, and they're going to freak out. And still sometimes, especially growing up in Orange County in the 80s, which was extremely conservative, um, sometimes people will ask me things like, you know, is it, is it okay or if, if I have a crystal? Or, you know, the church, I'm pastored at a church in Hollywood, and it's Metropolitan Community, the Founders Church. It's a gay church, 52-year-old gay church. But it's a lot yeah. of folks who got kicked out of their own Christian churches, right, and had a place to right. go where they could be Christian. Christian, but it's still Christian. So when I first started doing my interfaith service there, we would all be, you know, eating after Sunday services one day, and somebody would come up to me and say, I believe in reincarnation. Is it okay? I believe in crystals. I like witchcraft. So all the while, these folks that were Christians also had found they loved other things that were off the beaten path, that they felt they kind of had to whisper it. And I, I think that's right. changing. All the shows on TV, oh. like Sabrina, like, um, you know, all the other things that are coming out that have magic. And there's so many shows for teenagers and young adults now that are about magic and monsters. And I think now people are feeling they're a little more open to talk about it. But absolutely, it was still something that you – you whispered to your close friends. It wasn't something you came out and talked about. And yeah, I'm sure hopefully I've it is changing. Shit. I mean, do you know what you know what I found was interesting too in my research? Like Teen Vogue has a, a monthly thing, a, a you know monthly witch article uh, column, and you know like Mary Mary Claire does tarot and horoscope stuff, and like some of these really mainstream magazines understand that this is a a growing community and they are adapting. And it's really interesting because it's very, very public that way. So I think that might be helping a little bit for people to feel more comfortable talking about it. Um, Yeah. I I just find it all fascinating. I never knew I'd be having this conversation with you. So isn't that wonderful? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's all so good. How people, uh, and I'm so excited about your moon show. So how can people get involved in the film? Um, oh, yeah, we're running an Indiegogo. So it's under it's just under Witchy Ways. You can find it on Indiegogo on Witchy Ways, or you can you can find it through me. So if you go to uh, on Instagram or Facebook, Director Jane Clark, you know, I've got a bunch of posts about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, if you know, if there's anybody out there that wants to support this story and this, you know, a representation of this world um, or anybody involved with the thing, we could really use some help. Um, we are shooting in December, but we don't have all our money. We lost an investor. Um, we didn't lose an investor. They were going to come on with more than they came I thought they were coming on with more than they ended up coming on with. So, I pulled the trigger before I actually probably should have, but then I found out, well, okay, all right, that's where we're at. And I'm, you know, so I have to make up some money and we're hoping to do it mostly with, with, um, with Indiegogo. So, and if anybody wants yeah, to invest, uh, get back. Yeah. How can they do it? Um, you know, just reach out to me. You can find me anywhere, or you can even find you can get my email address at 
filmmcqueen.com, F-I-L-M-M-C-Q-U-E-E-N.com. Um, there's a contact thing there. You can just contact me. Uh, if you, I mean, if you, the, the buy-in to, to invest is 5000 so for some people that's just too pricey, but it's, I feel like it's a safe bet, and I think it's a great journey you're going to get on. And um, so if you got it, think about, think about taking a chance. You know, letting go of that fear, jump it on the other side. And if you want to just stay, right. donate to Indiegogo, that's extremely helpful too. So, you know, find me, help me as you can. Thank you for being here, my friend. Will you keep coming back and we'll follow the progress of this? I would love it. You know I would love it too. I am down. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being a part of uh, a supportive part of the spiritual world now, of the witch world. And most importantly, thank you yes. for being my friend. And likewise, my friend, likewise. I can't wait to see you again in person. We'll plan something. I would love that. If you're interested in uh, this film or knowing more about my wonderful friend Jane Clark, you can go to SheenaMetalSpiritual.com where you can find out everything about my spiritual and my paranormal life, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Also, um, I'm on social media everywhere at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. And you can find out everything about me there. So I see you next time. Seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity. Always work to raise your vibration. And remember that you are loved and you are loved. And you are most specifically loved by me. I'll see you next time. Happy full moon. Take care, my friends. Haunted Playground at hauntedplayground.com, liveparanormal.com, iheartradio.com, and so much more. We'll see you next time.